0: This podcast is part of the Telerik Developer Network. Telerik, a progress company. Hello, and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Jennifer Marsman. Hello. And today, we're going to be talking about Azure Machine Learning. Now, Jen, you're a Microsoft... Uh, developer evangelist for the machine learning uh, on Azure. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you do with Microsoft.
1: Sure thing. Um, so I've been with Microsoft for, I think it's been like 13 years now since college. So it's been, been a little while. And uh, way back when, uh, my degree was actually in machine learning. So it's something that I've been passionate about and loved for a long time. And the developer evangelist role is such a, a fun cool role as as you know I mean basically we get paid to you know just go and play with the cool new technology and then talk to developers about it uh, by speaking at conferences and blogging and uh, webcasting and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's been just kind of a dream come true. When the, when the Azure team came out with Azure Machine Learning, uh, it really gave me a chance to to go back to one of my first loves and, and passions. And so I've been having a really good time, um, you know, playing in this space lately.
0: So that's really cool. That's something that you've been uh, kind of the field that you've been wanting to work in for a long time. And now machine learning is really maturing, and it's, it's becoming quite a hot topic in uh, the developer space. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about what machine learning actually is, uh, especially for those who are kind of new to this or are wanting to pick up on machine learning and, and learn more about it.
1: Certainly. So machine learning, well, let me talk about the, the most commonly used type of machine learning or one that, that at least I've been helping a lot of customers with lately is is something called supervised learning. And with supervised learning, essentially what you're doing is uh, taking past data and then using crazy beautiful math to find correlations between those that past data and some result. So imagine that I have a whole bunch of inputs and outputs. Let's say you're trying to predict um, housing prices, for example. So maybe you have a whole bunch of data on for a given, you know, square footage of a house. And, you know, location of a house, maybe it's a a zip code or something because the housing market in in Detroit is very different than the housing market in Silicon Valley. Actually, I think those are probably the the two extremes on either end. Um and then uh, so location, uh, square footage, number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, um, what other uh, whatever other data may be relevant. You have all of those as inputs, and then you also have some output which is the price that the person paid for the house. Now you can take that data, all of those inputs which in the machine learning world, we call those features, and then we have some label on it. and label is, basically what you want to predict. That's the output. Um, And we call that a label. So we have a labeled data set, meaning all of this housing data and then its price. And we can use different types of machine learning algorithms um, to basically find the correlations between what factors in those inputs, whether it be square footage, location, usually a combination of of multiple factors. how how you can use those to best predict you know that, the uh, housing price. And so that's what supervised learning can do. But you do need a labeled data set in order to do that well. So you have to have a whole bunch of data already available that has um, the, the given output. For these inputs, this is what I want my output to be. And then once you have that, you can train on that. And different algorithms use different types of math to do it. So there's uh, a whole bunch of different things. Neural nets, uh, Bayesian networks, um, Markov models, uh, decision trees, um, and and really the the main difference between them is just how they do, um, what types of math they do, different ways uh, that they kind of propagate that data and and um, do it differently. So that's that's supervised learning and then there's other types of machine learning uh, reinforcement learning things like that that's used in like chess and then um, something called um, unsupervised learning and unsupervised learning is essentially just finding patterns in data. It's a little bit more exploratory. One example of, of unsupervised learning is is clustering. And clustering is an extremely, you know, common thing. I'm sure we see it as we approach the holiday season right now. Um, you may see like a, a gift recommending service online at some retail shop, maybe an Amazon.com or something like that. And so what you can do is just easily find patterns of data that these type of people like if you have purchased, you know, maybe you and i both buy a lot of uh, geek toys <laughs> maybe we both buy a lot of you know technical type things or uh, you know similar things on uh, think geek maybe we're both into game of thrones i don't know something like that but what it could do then is looking at our purchasing history a person if one of us let's say you like items a b and c and i like item a b and d And so maybe it would make sense to then recommend item C to me and recommend item D to you. Um, So you're basically taking people with a a large Venn diagram in in common where there's a lot of overlap and then recommending the outliers to each other. Things like that. So you can do things like that with with recommenders and and clustering just to find groups of things. Um, So that's that's kind of essentially just some of the things you can do with machine learning.
0: Now, when we talk about machine learning, there's a lot of terms that get thrown around in the space, uh, like artificial intelligence gets roped in there and uh, predictive analytics. Um, Can you explain a little bit what the differences or similarities between those terms are and how we can think about machine learning versus, say, artificial intelligence?
1: Sure. Yikes. Let, me, let me give it a try. I'm sure somebody is going to find something wrong with what I say. But let me give it a stab. Um, the way I think about it, um, artificial intelligence is essentially the biggest superset of those three. There's artificial intelligence and then machine learning is a subset of that. And then predictive analytics is a subset of that. So let me let me uh, exemplify you a little bit there. Um, So for artificial intelligence, I think artificial intelligence encompasses not only machine learning, but other things that are um – things that an intelligent being might be able to do. For example, um, computer vision. Computer vision is another, you know, very exciting problem that, you know, we've seen and is especially relevant when you think about, I don't know, somebody, a factory floor where you have automated machines that, that you want to be able to do things on their own and recognize and take action on things. And, hey, isn't it even better if it's completely automated and you don't even have to have factory lights on at night? Um, and with, you know, things like, um, you know, computer vision, if it can actually see something in in front of it um in with uh potentially an infrared camera, something like the Kinect uses, then you don't even have to have the lights on and, and the machine can see it, identify it, and make a, a smart choice based on that. Um, and that's not a machine learning problem. That's that's you know slightly different. Um, you may use machine learning to solve that problem, uh, but you don't necessarily you know, need to. So um, computer vision and other things, um, some robotics and other things, might also fall into the, the category of artificial intelligence, but aren't necessarily machine learning. Um, but machine learning is a subset of AI it is one type of artificial intelligence the way the way I would define it and the machine learning as I said kind of encompasses um predictive analytics like we saw with the, the supervised learning um, it also encompasses um you know clustering and other types of um uh unsupervised learning as well
0: very interesting uh what one way I've, I've heard it explained before and, and feel free to uh to uh comment or pick this apart <laughs> as well is um, machine learning can be like um, you can use it to do something like teach it how to play a game of chess and predict the outcome, but machine learning would be only able to do that with chess. You couldn't take that same program and point it at, say, checkers, and it could solve the problem for checkers, only knowing the rules and in the past histories and subsets for chess, where artificial intelligence uh, kind of can Work independently and make decisions on its own. Therefore, it could play chess and checkers.
1: Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I completely agree with that. Uh, there, there's um some, some degree of that. So, artificial intelligence. I understand the point that you're trying to, you know, try to create, you know, the artificial intelligence in, in the literal sense. Um, but. Something in the example you gave, a machine learning algorithm such as like a decision tree could be applied to both the checkers and the chess problem, and they they might potentially be a little different. like they're going to have different data as input, and you'd probably tweak the initial parameters and such to have it different or to have it work maybe a little differently depending on the parameters of the game. Um, but you can use similar machine learning algorithms across a wide uh, a wide array of of um You know domains, Um, but but I I I see the point. That's that's you know that's an interesting that's an interesting point as well. Worth thinking about. Worth noodling over.
0: (laughs) I I like to read about these things and see different types of uh, explanations for them and things, but I'm I'm in no way (laughs) an expert in the matter. Uh, So it's a fun (laughs) discussion. Um, So this uh, Azure machine learning. How, how would we work with something like Azure Machine Learning? Uh, how, how do we interact with it? How does it work?
1: Oh, great question. So um, with Azure Machine Learning, essentially the first thing you're going to want to do is is get some some data in there. And there's a number of different ways to do that. Um, if you just want to kind of play with it, kick the wheels and try stuff out, um, in Azure Machine Learning, there's actually it's got there's something called the um, the Machine Learning Studio. So it's got its own little um, user interface that's online and you can access via a browser. And when you go to um, when you go there, the the first thing is really to get the data. And so we have a number of kind of interesting sample data already in there. So um, there's a drag and drop um, display. So essentially, you can take some of that the, that sample data and drag and drop it onto. Uh, um, a surface, a data surface, and then basically define a workspace where you then might add uh, drag and drop in other modules and wire up a data flow between these different modules. So there are modules for things like data cleaning. There are modules for, um, you know, splitting the data into two starts if you want to split it into a training set and a test set. Um, there's modules to do um uh, training the models and testing the models and, and all of that sort of thing. There's um and then the data cleaning and such is, is very useful as well. And then if you're using um R or Python um, there's actual modules to add your own little custom R and custom Python code in there as well. So you can expand upon what's um, what's available in the tool. So where I would get started is, you know, if you just want to play around, uh, you can grab some of the sample data. We have a lot of cool sample data already in there. There's some on um, breast cancer data to see if you can, you know, predict which factors um, would cause breast cancer. There's some data around, um, uh, flight delays to be able to predict whether a given flight will be on time or not. There is data on, um, there's an, there's some image data, so you could do things like trying to recognize, you know, do some facial recognition or things like that. There is um, uh, data on um, restaurants and movies, so you could do some kind of recommendation engines um, based on, you know, these these tweets and these data from these people on these movies, you know, which movies are people going to like and and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of great sample data to play with if you want to do that. Otherwise, um, there's a number of other ways to get uh, your own data into Azure machine learning. Once you've kind of explored it a little bit, um, you probably want to use your own data and solve your own problems. And you can upload data that you have stored locally. So I do this occasionally with CSVs. If I have, you know, a CSV file or something in Excel um, and I can just, you know, export it as a csv and and upload it to azure machine learning you can do that where you upload csv and other formats directly um, from your machine up into azure machine learning and then be able to process it in the cloud. Um, You can also um, access stuff from over the internet, so things like um, if something is in Azure Blob storage or a, a SQL Azure database, um, or even just like elsewhere on the internet, um, a gen- you can use a generic um, OData feed provider and, and suck data into Azure Machine Learning and then be able to, to process it as well. And then the way to actually kind of use it once you've got your your data in there, you'd want to apply, do any data cleaning that makes sense at that point. So looking at, you know, do I need to, maybe there's some data where there's not a lot of data in a particular column, and so maybe it just makes sense to throw that data out, or it's data that's not relevant, um, that's, basically kind of random ID values or something that you've assigned that you don't want it to use uh, when it's calculating factors. Things like that um, you can remove and and then um, in machine learning, if you're doing uh, predictive analytics. Typically, the way we do that is to split the data into a training set and a test set, and the reason why is remember with that with that predictive um, with those predictive analytics in, in supervised machine learning, um, we have we start with a labeled data set, right? So think back to all that housing data of you know square footage and location and number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, whatever, and then it has a label of here's how much that given house costs, and so. Um, we we want to be able uh, to t- since we have that great collection of labeled data, we actually typically only take maybe 75% of it or something like that, and build the model using that 75%, and we hold back um, a small amount of data to then test the model, since we have that great labeled things where we know the, the quote unquote right answer um, by that label, then we take that 25% we've uh, we've held back and we feed it into the model that we've created to test it and see how well it performs. And then we can look and compare the answers that the model generates against the, the labeled answers actually in the data set and see how well that, that model is performing.
0: It's so, interesting, um, it sounds similar to kind of like a test driven development situation.
1: Um, kind of. So in, in test driven development, I think that's that's more along the lines of your you have test cases and the test cases, um, uh, you know, you use your test cases almost as a, spe- a, a specification of here's what I want the code to do. So you define those tests and and then. Um, kind of build build the the app to, to work for those test cases um, and then make sure you have that'll give you great test coverage that the core scenarios are, are being tested by starting with those tests um, but but yeah this is this is I mean it's a really just whole, in in machine learning, um, that those tests um, just allow you to essentially test and, and see how well that model is performing. So that way you get a nice um, visualization of how it works. And I have some um, some blog posts and such that uh, it's really hard for me to um, podcast. They're tricky because I always want to draw pictures to, to visualize it better. Or here, let me just show you how it works in the tool. Um, we can't do that over a podcast, but I have some blog posts. Um, my blog is uh, blogs.msdn.com/john uh, so, you can go there and search for Azure Machine Learning, and there's some nice uh, nice posts that kind of get you started as well.
0: Now, a bit earlier, I think you used the term beautiful math equations or something of that nature. Yeah. Which uh, we kind of get this idea of maybe a black box. Yeah. Um, are there. And you said you said there's multiple algorithms that uh, pertain to machine learning. In the machine learning studio, is there a way to choose from these different algorithms? Are they oh my uh, gosh, That is for us? Or
1: an awesome question, Add Ten points to Gryffindor. I couldn't have <laughs> set that question up better if I had asked. Um, there, there is, and I'm I'm remiss for not mentioning it sooner. Um, so the machine learning, so. The machine learning team has actually provided an amazing resource called the, the Azure Machine Learning Cheat Sheet, and there's a link to it if you go to um, HTTP colon whack whack aka.ms whack, Azure Machine Learning Cheat Sheet. And if you navigate to that, it actually gives you there's an awesome PDF that you can download that essentially uh, there was an earlier version of it that operated essentially like a, a flow chart where you just walk through different steps where it would ask you, OK, you kind of start with what are you trying to do? You're trying to predict something or, or cluster something and then, um, OK, you're trying to predict something. Then, you know, are you trying to predict between, you know, multiple, you know, between, um, you know, how many different things you're trying to predict between and basically you just follow a little flow chart and then at the end it would take you to here's what the what the best algorithm is and there's another one right now that's a little bit more declarative in nature um that's the latest one that's published right now that essentially gives you all the algorithms and here's what each of them is good at like this one is really good for you know low memory you know if you have like a huge maybe if you have a huge amount of data for really large memory sets and its accuracy is very high and this one is faster and this one up Great updates, better. Like if you have some data and you build a model, but then there's more data coming in. You know, some of these algorithms update better than others. Like a Bayesian network will update. Um, Fairly easily, whereas like a neural net, you have to, you know, re- rebuild it all from, you know, using all of the data. So it's a little harder to update kind of deal. Um, so those are just kind of the, the different things. So, yes, the Azure Machine Learning Cheat Sheet is a wonderful resource for when you're getting started with machine learning to point you in the right direction of, okay, here's something I can at least try um, to get to get started or to get me off the ground. And then once you're working with that, you can do things like tweak the initial, you know, parameters to get, you know, better results. Um, there's also, um, and there's a neat module uh, called sweep parameters uh, that's very effective there where you can wire that up. And essentially, it'll try a whole range of initial parameters for you and then give you the kind of the best ones that, that uh, perform the best at the end. Um, So, yeah, all of those things are are great. And it is, it is crazy, beautiful math at the end. um, Because you can think about it of like, you know, a very simple example might be something like just a simple linear regression. If you think back to math class with something that was like ax plus by plus, you know, cz. imagine applying that to um you know our housing prices problem. Like maybe it turns out that you know a pri- the price of a house is dependent on you know some weight times you know the the number of bedrooms plus you know another different weight times you know the the square footage, et cetera. So you can actually kind of calculate um based on these different factors and some of them have more you know higher uh factors than 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 others have have more weight into how how much the, the house is going to cost so that's just a very simple um type of math it's just a linear regression then there's you know math like like a decision tree type thing where it's almost more of a um kind of a, a flow chart where there's different decisions that do uh, different things and yeah <laughs> definitely can't explain um definitely it's easier to explain with the picture there
0: yeah, so that, it's nice to know that all those things are available, because there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in this over uh, a short period of time, um, as far as technology is concerned. And we're not all data scientists, but being able to harness the power of something like this in the foreseeable future, it looks very interesting for developers.
1: Completely agree. Completely
0: agree. So uh are there any things that you've built with machine learning any applications you've created that you could share with us?
1: Yes, so my my latest project that I'm um been having a lot of fun with is a project around using EEG which are your brain waves and machine learning uh to perform lie detection. <laughs> So it's a a very fun project. I actually um, got started. I was able to obtain a headset, um, the Epic Plus, from a company called Emotive. And um, it's a headset that you just you put on your head, and it's got a number of little felt pads um, that read. There's actually uh, 14 of them, and so these 14 little felt pads, you know, rest against your scalp, and it will read your your brainwaves essentially. And so what I did is I took that headset and I put it on my husband, <laughs> and I uh, asked him I asked him a series of questions, and I first I had him tell me the truth, and then I had him lie to me um, in his responses, and so then that was able to give me a labeled data set of, okay, here's what someone's EEG looks like when they're telling the truth, and here's what their their um, their EEG looks like when they're lying. And so I fed that into Azure Machine Learning and built a classifier that essentially did, did uh, could predict you know whether or not my my husband was was lying uh, with a, a fairly high degree of accuracy, and so that was just kind of an initial prototype to see how it worked. And I've since kind of expanded the work, and I'm uh, been partnering with some folks on yeah, the data science team in Azure machine learning. They they got uh, I kind of went and in, was invited to go demo it to them, and they got really excited. And so we've been uh, kind of trying to take it to the next level and make it uh, a little more general purpose so that it would work for anyone. Because right now you can you can um, you can do get decent results if you have, you know, um, uh, the, the person in the training set that you've uh, that you've tested on. So if I have your brain data already, it's it's fairly good. But then, could I take it and put it on anyone generically, you know, passing in the street and be able to do lie detection? And, and I'm still trying to, I'm still working on that, doing you know, data normalization and stuff to see to try to make it a general purpose enough to work on anyone, um, even without having their data in advance.
0: What were some of the challenges that you were met with when you were working on that project with your husband and the lie detection?
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, there were so many challenges. But um, so the the first the very first time I ran it, um, I was just a little overexcited. And I put all of the um, like basically everything, all of the data that I had available into there and just said, OK, it'll just let, let's just let it figure out what, what's relevant. Um, and so one of the things that was in there uh, was it was a timestamp and then I got the results and I found that the classifier was able to predict with 100% certainty whether he was telling the truth or lying and that's not right because <laughs> real life is messy and EEG data is is messy. There's a lot of noise um, in, that, in that signal. It's a very noisy signal um, like facial movements and such um also get picked up in your eeg and things so so i knew that there's no way it could have been you know 100% perfect so i went in and, and looked just took another little you know thought okay what did i feed into there again and i realized i had fed in the timestamp and when i took the data i had given him um i you know i asked him to tell me the truth first and did a series of truth and then i asked him to lie to me and did that second And so basically what it could have done is just built a a very simple decision tree that says basically, okay, if it's before this time, then it's the truth. And if it's after this time, it's the lie done. Because that's the thing with machine learning. It'll, it'll, it'll give us what we ask for. (laughs) So sometimes you have to be careful what you ask for. So, um, I saw, okay, that is wrong right, right away. And so, um, I, I, uh, went back and did a little bit more sophisticated methods of of feature extraction, essentially. Um, I did do a a second run there where I basically threw out a lot of the other data. Um, I did throw out the timestamp right there and was just um, genericizing it, doing things like taking uh, the minimum and maximum and um, the variance and, um, I think, standard deviation uh, on um, on the waveform. And just some basic uh, statistical stuff Um, across the waveform while they were telling the truth and lying just to see um, how how those would work. And once I was working with just EEG, then um, that was working okay. And then we're doing a second data run right now where we're having, um, we're interspersing having them tell the truth and lie um, as well, and that um, and, and looking for the results in there too. So yeah, there's there's all kinds of, of, of things that are um, messy about this project and it's, it's it's a hard problem to solve, but it's been uh, just kind of fun, you know pushing the boundaries of, of what's possible and, and can this really be done? and, and um, kind of getting into the almost academic research um, aspects has, been, has just been so much fun. Yeah, I like
0: how you took a fun project like that and still ran into things that could be related back to real-world problems, like you know the false positive situation with the uh, the dates, you know, determining the lie or the truth. Uh, it, you could have you know something like that come up in manufacturing or um, you know other data that you're putting into uh, the machine learning and come up with these odd you know false positives that you need to weed out and and make sure your data is clean and you're getting the right results back.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, how do we get access to Azure Machine Learning, and um, what are some learning resources that we could look at for uh, people that like to get on board?
1: Yeah, well, there's a couple different ways. Um, There is a free trial uh, for Windows Azure, so you can uh, check out the free trial if you're interested in that. Um, And we can throw, I can send you a link or something to include in your show notes if you'd like. Absolutely. um, there's also machine learning itself, like Azure Machine Learning, has its own free tier where you don't actually need an Azure subscription. You can sign up just for like Azure Machine Learning and use that um, independently of the rest of Azure. And I don't think you even have to put a credit card in either. So there is a nice Azure Machine Learning uh, free tier that, that is um usable right now as well and so that's another just great resource because you can just even without having a full Azure subscription be able to jump in and and play with it for a while so yeah there's there's a lot of great ways to to get access and then of course if you're a student there's resources like DreamSpark Um, there's uh, resources like BizSpark for uh, startups Um, there's your MSDN subscription if you have an MSDN subscription through your work um, that gives you Azure credits as well so there's a, a lot of different ways to get get access there. And then in terms of learning more about it, um, the documentation is very good. I actually wrote um, a blog post that might be helpful. Um, It's I, so I was writing it for a student audience, so it's actually the title of it is How to Win a Hackathon with Azure Machine Learning. <laughs> so it's <was, laughs> nice. it kind of packaged a little differently. But essentially, it's a getting started with Azure Machine Learning uh, blog post. And there's links in there to uh, um, a tutorial. There's a great kind of walkthrough tutorial to help you do, like, your first, like, predictive analytics type um, project, and that's very useful with the with the German credit card data, I believe. And so that's a good one, um, just to walk through it once, and then once you've gone through the whole process of um, building a model and training a model, and then you can take that model that you've trained uh, and publish it and expose it as a web service, and then make REST calls um, to then get results back in either like a request response mode or also there's a batch execution mode if you want to just send, you know, here's all this data and process all of it and give me the results all back in one chunk. Um, you can do that as well. So just kind of going through the whole process end to end really helps it click. I, I, I learned best by doing anyway. So and the link so. for that is um, http colon whack whack m s whack um, hack ml.
0: So Jennifer, I know you need to get going. Um, I'll take all of the links that we mentioned here today and more and put them in our show notes. And you can find those at developer.telerik.com. Uh, you can find, uh, Jennifer on Twitter at Jennifer Marsman. And, uh, you'll actually be able to, uh, stop by and, and uh, see both of us at, uh, the St. Louis days of .net, um, on October, or sorry, November, uh, the thir- 12th through the 14th, I believe. Uh, so if, you, if you're if you out at that event, stop by and, uh, and grab us and talk to us for a minute. Jennifer, thanks for uh, coming and talking about Azure Machine Learning. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ed. It was a pleasure.